Section two of Child Harold's Pilgrimage, Canto four. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Alan Wayman. Child Harold's Pilgrimage by George Gordon, Lord Byron. Canto the fourth, stanzas twenty to forty one. But from their nature will the tannin grow loftiest on loftiest and least sheltered rocks, rooted in barrenness, where naught below of soil supports them gainst the alpine shocks of eddying storms. Yet springs the trunk and mocks the howling tempest, till its height and frame are worthy of the mountains from whose blocks of bleak grey granite into life it came and grew a giant tree the mind may grow the same existence may be born and the deep root of life and sufferance make its firm abode in bare and desolated bosoms mute the camel labours with the heaviest load and the wolf dies in silence not bestowed in vain should such examples be if they things of ignoble or of savage mood endure and shrink not we of nobler clay may temper it to bear it is but for a day all suffering doth destroy all is destroyed even by the sufferer and in each event ends some with hope replenished and rebuoyed return to whence they came with like intent and weave their web again some bowed and bent wax grey and ghastly withering ere their time and perish with the reed on which they lent some seek devotion toil war good or crime according as their souls were formed to sink or climb but ever and anon of griefs subdued there comes a token like a scorpion's sting scarce seen but with fresh bitterness imbued and slight withal may be the things which bring back on the heart the weight which it would fling aside for ever it may be a sound a tone of music summer's eve or spring a flower the wind the ocean which shall wound striking the electric chain wherewith we are darkly bound and how and why we know not nor can trace home to its cloud this lightning of the mind but feel the shock renewed nor can efface the blight and blackening which it leaves behind which out of things familiar undesigned when least we deem of such calls up to view the spectres whom no exorcism can bind the cold the changed perchance the dead anew the mourned the loved the lost too many yet how few but my soul wonders i demand it back to meditate amongst decay and stand a ruin amidst ruins there to track fallen states and buried greatness o'er a land which was the mightiest in its old command and is the loveliest and must ever be the master mould of nature's heavenly hand 
wherein were cast the heroic and the free the beautiful the brave the lords of earth and sea the commonwealth of kings the men of rome and even since and now fair italy thou art the garden of the world the home of all art yields and nature can decree even in thy desert what is like to thee thy very weeds are beautiful thy waste more rich than other climes fertility thy wreck a glory and thy ruin graced with an immaculate charm which cannot be defaced the moon is up and yet it is not night sunset divides the sky with her a sea of glory streams along the alpine height of blue friuli's mountains heaven is free from clouds but of all colours seems to be melted to one vast iris of the west where the day joins the past eternity while on the other hand meek dian's crest floats through the azure air an island of the blest a single star is at her side and reigns with her o'er half the lovely heaven but still yon sunny sea heaves brightly and remains rolled o'er the peak of the far ratian hill as day and night contending were until nature reclaimed her order gently flows the deep-dyed brenta where their hues instil the odorous purple of a new-born rose which streams upon her stream and glassed within it glows filled with the face of heaven which from afar comes down upon the waters all its hues from the rich sunset to the rising star their magical variety diffuse and now they change a paler shadow strews its mantle o'er the mountains parting day dies like the dolphin whom each pang imbues with a new colour as it gasps away the last still loveliest till tis gone and all is grey there is a tomb in arqua reared in air pillared in their sarcophagus repose the bones of laura's lover here repair many familiar with his well-sung woes the pilgrims of his genius he arose to raise a language and his land reclaim from the dull yoke of her barbaric foes watering the tree which bears his lady's name with his melodious tears he gave himself to fame they keep his dust in aqua where he died the mountain village where his latter days went down the vale of years and tis their pride an honest pride and let it be their praise to offer to the passing stranger's gaze his mansion and his sepulchre both plain and venerably simple such as raise a feeling more accordant with his strain than if a pyramid formed his monumental fane and the soft quiet hamlet where he dwelt is one of that complexion which seems made for those who their mortality have felt 
and sought a refuge from their hopes decayed in the deep umbrage of a green hill's shade which shows a distant prospect far away of busy cities now in vain displayed for they can lure no further and the ray of a bright sun can make sufficient holiday developing the mountains leaves and flowers and shining in the brawling brook whereby clear as its current glide the sauntering hours with a calm languor which though to the eye idless it seem hath its morality if from society we learn to live tis solitude should teach us how to die it hath no flatterers vanity can give no hollow aid alone man with his god must strive or it may be with demons who impair the strength of better thoughts and seek their prey in melancholy bosoms such as were of moody texture from their earliest day and loved to dwell in darkness and dismay deeming themselves predestined to a doom which is not of the pangs that pass away making the sun like blood the earth a tomb the tomb a hell and hell itself a murkier gloom ferrara in thy wide and grass-grown streets whose symmetry was not for solitude there seems as twere a curse upon the seats of former sovereigns and the antique brood of este which for many an age made good its strength within thy walls and was of your patron or tyrant as the changing mood of petty power impelled of those who wore the wreath which dante's brow alone had worn before and tassel is their glory and their shame hark to his strain and then survey his cell and see how dearly earned torquato's fame and where alfonso bade his poet dwell the miserable despot could not quell the insulted mind he sought to quench and blend with the surrounding maniacs in the hell where he had plunged it glory without end scattered the clouds away and on that name attend the tears and praises of all time while thine would rot in its oblivion in the sink of worthless dust which from thy boasted line is shaken into nothing but the link thou formest in his fortunes bids us think of thy poor malice naming thee with scorn alfonso how thy ducal pageants shrink from thee if in another station born scarce fit to be the slave of him thou madest to mourn thou formed to eat and be despised and die even as the beasts that perish save that thou hadst a more splendid trough and wider sty he with a glory round his furrowed brow which emanated then and dazzles now in face of all his foes the cruscan choir and boileau whose rash envy could allow no strain which shamed his country's creaking lyre that whetstone of the teeth monotony in wire 
peace to torquato's injured shade twas his in life and death to be the mark where wrong aimed with their poisoned arrows but to miss o victor unsurpassed in modern song each year brings forth its millions but how long the tide of generations shall roll on and not the whole combined and countless throng compose a mind like thine though all in one condensed their scattered rays they would not form a sun great as thou art yet paralleled by those thy countrymen before thee born to shine the bards of hell and chivalry first rose the tuscan father's comedy divine then not unequal to the florentine the southern scot the minstrel who called forth a new creation with his magic line and like the ariosto of the north sang lady love and war romance and knightly worth the lightning rent from ariosto's bust the iron crown of laurel's mimicked leaves nor was the ominous element unjust for the true laurel wreath which glory weaves is of the tree no bolt of thunder cleaves and the false semblance but disgraced his brow yet still if fondly superstition grieves know that the lightning sanctifies below whate'er it strikes yon head is doubly sacred now End of section 2